Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 16 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear on this podcast, I ask that you please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Salam, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Salam earned his PhD in electrical and computer engineering from the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and had various internships through college and has been focused on renewable power storage and the microgrid, and is currently a power engineer at Eaton Corporation. Welcome to the show, Salam. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me here. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Salam Bani Ahmed. Um, uh, I think my bio wasn't that well, wasn't that big because technically I'm still a student, but uh, I've been a student for the past 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and uh, I got my bachelor's degree uh, from Jordan, uh, where I'm originally from, uh, in engineering technology, uh, specified in, uh, in computer engineering. Uh, then I went for my master's degree and uh, from University of uh, uh, Jordan University uh, of Science and Technology, also in computer engineering. Uh, and right now I'm almost done. Hopefully, uh, uh, with my PhD, I'm earning my PhD degree from University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. All right, sounds good, Salam. So let's dig right in here. So you you've got a computer engineering um, undergrad, and then you've got a electrical and computer engineering masters and focused on power. So for someone not familiar with power systems engineering, can you give some examples of career opportunities? Absolutely. So uh, a power systems engineer, uh, it, can, it, it can be uh, can be referred to as an uh, energy engineer or uh, uh, probably a renewable systems engineer. Uh, there are a lot of uh, positions that can be filled uh, by a person who's uh, who's uh, uh, who knows in power system engineering, uh, but generally uh, thinking about power system engineer, uh, my my focus is uh, is on the smart grid part. The smart grid is uh, you can look at it as uh, or you can refer to it as the smart power system, because uh, the the previous power systems uh, or the, the even the current power system doesn't have that digital part. Uh, that helps control and monitor everything. Uh, usually, it's monitored locally. Uh, now there is a need because of the internet and uh, all of, um, of the other uh, intelligent technology that uh, that's that's uh, up on the table right now, uh, which required uh, more professionals and engineer to dig in and uh, try to build this smart grid or smart power system. And uh, th 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 starting of thinking about a power engineer, uh, previously it might be limited to, to knowledge in electrical power systems, uh, regardless the size uh, from transmission or distribution. But uh, the thing that we need to, uh, to make sure that we know here is that the power system engineer now must have knowledge in uh, other disciplines. And uh, I think we'll get to that later. Yeah. So when you're talking about the grid, you're talking about the power lines going around the country, correct? Absolutely. So the power lines is one portion of that because the power lines are uh, the transmission lines, which brings your, uh, uh, delivers the electricity from the generation uh, units or power plants, which might be 
like uh, in the distant areas. The power lines may involve actually the distribution system, which is the smaller power lines or the smaller poles that you'll see in your residential areas. So you're saying that with uh, with the current power grid and, and being kind of modernized with, I'll say, computer control. So do you think it's, it's valuable that you have the computer engineering background versus just a straight electrical engineering degree? To me, it was. Actually, yes, because uh, this is one of the reasons uh, that I went to the smart grid field. My knowledge in, and then, uh, my knowledge in computer engineering helped a lot building my career when it comes to, to electrical engineering because uh, now I actually can, uh, can dig more into the computer side or the digital side of the smart grid and my knowledge into the electrical system uh, helped a lot connect the dots between these two, 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 different, two different worlds in a way. And uh, that, that's, that's actually very important. And uh, it's, what's, what's more important is that we should collect some knowledge into multiple disciplines, multiple engineering disciplines. For example, uh, I may have, uh, if I need to work with, uh, with uh, transformers, I need to uh, to follow the the electrical engineering side, but if I work with generators, it's not enough to know the electrical side of it. You have to know the mechanical side of it. So they're all melted together. That's why right now with smart grid or with modern uh, modern power systems, you have uh, you actually have uh, a melted disciplines which are the computer or the networks engineering part. And, of course, the, the power engineering part. So it sounds like you've got software, hardware in the form of digital control, and then you've got analog power along with mechanical aspects all intertwined together for the power systems engineer. Absolutely. Yes, that's, that's very precise. Yeah, and how important was it to have the Ph.D. versus just an undergrad or a master's degree to, to do the work that you're doing today? Where I came from, I started with computer engineering and uh, electrical engineering. Going for PhD had a reason uh, for for a good reason to me because I needed to to learn some sol- uh, problem solving techniques. Now, uh, if you, if you go to the industry um, or the academic institutions, uh, you will see PhD holders. They have more capability of uh, finding uh, proper solutions to to day to day problems because. That's what uh, where we learned during our PhD studies. As an undergrad, I'm not saying the undergrad uh, would not have this skill, but problem solving uh, is something that you train your brain to do. It's not uh, sometimes it's a gift, but when it comes to an area of expertise, uh, the problem solving technique should should you should be trained and you should uh, face problems every day and learn how to, to solve them based on your knowledge or based on your background and try to mix things together, thinking outside the box, stuff like that. Yeah, and I'll say STEM Nation, a lot of what engineering degrees are and in the STEM field, it, it teaches you how to solve problems. And you're going to learn a lot in college, but you're going to learn a lot more out in the real world in your day-to-day job. So Salam, let's dig in and let's get really specific here. And what is exactly your area of expertise? But my work actually falls in, uh, into the microgrids. A microgrid is um, a small grid or a small size grid or a small scaled down grid 
like a residential areas uh, where we can integrate renewable resources such as wind and solar uh, solar systems. Uh, and of course, we can have some backup generators. Uh, we can have energy storage into it. So a microgrid, it's like a starfish. It can have a lot of a lot of shapes, a lot of colors. Uh, the concept is the same, but the challenge is still there, which is uh, the integration part of different resources that had different natures and they share the same the same bus. So my work actually involves uh, the control part and involves the, the control uh, layer or the control system where all of these uh, components that I mentioned uh, are connected through two points. One point is the electrical point because they, they share the same bus and uh, that bus can can have certain loads like a, like a house. The second point of connection would be the, the control layer where they exchange information with a centralized controller or uh, if there is a decentralized architecture to it, uh, they actually exchange data in order to maintain a microgrid operation running smoothly. So my focus, I would say it's, uh, it's actually uh, uh, communication and cyber physical layer of a microgrid. You said cyber physical layer. What, is, what does that mean exactly? A cyber physical system is uh, that, that's that's actually a great question. I had I had a nice talk last last week with it, about it. So a cyber physical system is a system that we know it doesn't have the cyber part or it doesn't have the communications part. But right now, this system we need to add this cyber layer or the communication layer into it in order to achieve better performance or better reliability and better uh, better uh, uh, resiliency for that system in order to uh, in order to to rely on that system for years uh, uh, with minimum with minimum minimum maintenance and uh, and of course uh, minimum cost of operation so is the ultimate goal to have just a more reliable power grid for the for the world Absolutely. Absolutely. So the reliability of power grid is essential because uh, when it comes to, uh, to uh, cyber attacks, when it comes to natural disasters, uh, there is always the first, the first thing we lose is power. So uh, the, having a reliable power grid that we can, we can rely on uh, even when there are some, some natural disasters or any uh, other reasons they might, we might have an outage for, uh, I think it's essential, and microgrids by itself. Uh, I think it's it's a good solution for that because in a, in a residential area we can have a microgrid. So even if we lose the power from the utility grid, uh, the microgrid should be able to support the local loads, which can be a bunch of houses in that area. So Salam, are you you're working for Eaton, and you're also still finishing up your PhD? Uh, degree at University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. Are you working with Eaton with uh, UW Milwaukee, or how does that work? Uh, in our lab, we do a lot of collaborative work with the industry, and Eaton is one of the the companies that actually we work closely with. Uh, shared projects from our side and their side. Uh, submit uh, proposals uh, for for uh, to provide to get funding for uh, certain projects. And, uh, and of course, uh, through that interaction with Eaton uh, over the years, uh, right now I'm, I'm a part-time student there, uh, part-time, part-time power engineer with them, 
uh, actually um, working on the same thing that I learned uh, in my lab. Yeah, it sounds like good collaboration between industry and school and then opportunities for employment. So that's awesome. So let's get fired up here. And what is one thing that really has you fired up about power systems engineering and where do you see it headed? In 2011, I was watching a webinar uh, back home in Jordan. And uh, it was they were talking about uh, the lack of the IT representation or the information technology representation into the power systems, which means that they're trying to, to build the idea or to create the idea of smart grids and make it a fact instead of, um, uh, instead of an, just an idea. So they, they, there was uh, the speaker, he has uh, an urge. Uh, he, was, um, he was urging the people, if you're an IT guy, don't, be, uh, don't hesitate to go into the power system field. Because now with your knowledge there, you will benefit the power system side. And if you are a power systems engineer, there's no harm of you to know the IT side of it. Because right now, when you think, you're not thinking power systems. You're not thinking information technology. You're thinking smart grid, which is the, the reality that's going to be there. Uh, and we will definitely see it uh, in the near future and the very far future. Because there is no, there will be no end to this. So I think 2011 was my great start with this, and uh, I decided. Then I decided, whenever I'm going to go for my PhD, this is going to be my thing. Yes, yeah, Nation, you, you always got to keep your eyes and ears open. You never know what you're going to see or read that's really going to spark that fire in you. Like Salam, you know, looking at a webinar and realizing, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so keep your eyes open and, and keep your options open. So, Salam, we're going to go to an aha moment. Can you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life and tell us a story and how you turn that aha moment into success? Uh, one day during my master's degree, I received an email. I was actually contacted by a Google recruiter. He mentioned that they're looking uh, for uh, certain people to do some, some, um, some work or some software work because my background in computer engineering. So at that moment when I received the email and I read that, okay, if Google can be or may be interested in me, what about the rest? So uh, actually at that time I was preparing to, to, uh, to attend uh, uh, a quick or an intensive PhD course in Italy in 2010. Uh, at that time, uh, the speaker, one of the speakers was uh, an engineer, a big engineer from Google. So when I went there, I told him, uh, I need to ask you something. I got this uh, interview request from Google, but at the same time, I'm planning to go for my PhD. What do you think I should do? He said, if Google or any other company is interested in you right now, they will always be interested in you. So my, my advice to you is to go for your PhD and uh, build your focus on the, the industrial part of the or uh, the theory part at the same time try to connect with the industry so you can get more knowledge so when you go to the industry field you would be ready yeah and i'll say you 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 went out and you went to conferences you're you're broadening your network you're actually going out and reaching these people asking them for advice and then actually taking their advice absolutely and taking action and that's so important stem nation you know get out there meet people build that network 
listen for advice, ask for advice, and and take that advice. You know, a lot of the people out in the industry, they know what they're talking about. They know what the industry needs. So follow that. So now, Salam, if you could go back to when you were 18, heading off to college, what are some things that you wish you knew back then that you think would help STEMers launch into college successfully? Back then, I would have uh, put more effort on basics, to be honest, which I ended up, of course, studying again, such as uh, physics, chemistry, and math. Believe it or not, as a power systems engineer, you need chemistry because one of the parts, one of the big parts of the power system right now is the energy storage. And the energy storage is actually, uh, is actually a chemistry research, more of an electrical research. Uh, the second thing, which is socially important, I think, uh, I would have surrounded myself with people I look up to, not who look up to me. Uh, I'm not going to dig more into this, but I think uh, the, the idea is there. Uh, the one thing that I can say that I knew back then, and I actually followed, uh, is that I should never wait until the last moment to do what I have to do. I used to spend less time studying for midterms and finals, of course, because of that 30 minutes that I spent going over what I received that day in class. Some day, some days I actually miss, but I kept most of this trend going. So it's all about time management. I, to, to, to sum up all of that, one of the most important things that you should do as a stimmer, you should t- manage your time wisely. Yep, manage your time wisely. And I'll go back to your comment about surrounding yourself with people that are that are smarter than you, people that you want to aspire to. That's who you want to surround yourself with, not the people that are looking up to you, because that's not going to drive you to the next place where you need to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, uh, it, it's okay to have people around you, who, people who care about you. But when it comes to your career, uh, always find somebody who you want to be like or you want to do the same thing somebody who can you can who, who you can learn from not people who will drag you down uh, uh i'm not saying fun wise of course have fun but sometimes you have to be serious when it comes to your career yeah absolutely you have to take it serious and i'm not saying that you know people hanging around you that you know are looking for some help because you you, you also want to give guidance to people that are looking for guidance right because the people that you're surrounding yourself with on where you want to get to. There's also people that want you in their circle because they're trying to aspire to where you want to be. So just be cognizant of the people that are bringing you down. Those are not the people you want in your circle. You want the people that are going to lift you up. And then if you can help lift other people up, it, it just gonna your life is going to be so much better doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. You need you need to provide help to people, especially if you're if you've been uh, into something that you got experience with. Uh, you will get questions about that. That's that's not the part where I mentioned uh, that when I mentioned that people will look up to you. Some people will look up to you that that they will not uh, will not allow you to 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 succeed. But some people they look up to you because they want to be like you. That actually one one uh, that's a, an important uh, part of your life where you actually provide assistance to people or save time for these people who wants to to be like you or even better than you. 
And that's why we're doing this podcast, Demnation, is so that you can get familiar and you can actually surround yourself with the people on this podcast. You don't have to know them directly. It can be a virtual relationship and listen to their advice, take their advice, and, you know, kind of have them in your inner circle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's correct. So we're going to take a quick pause here. We're going to thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get your free audiobook. And now, Salam, are you ready for the lightning round? Absolutely. Bring it on. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? That would be uh, my dad's advice or one of the advices from from my dad, uh, which was do not get angry. Always count to 10. Do not get angry. Always count to 10. And how do you utilize that in real life? Sometimes you will have some social problems or uh, dealing with people, with customers, with uh, with clients, uh, with your boss, with your colleagues. Uh, sometimes you will get fired up for the wrong reason. That's why if you keep in mind, do not get angry, always count to 10 and sometimes count to 11 because everybody's counting to 10. Uh, count to 11 and think before you say the next thing because that's the, the most thing that we regret is the things that we say when, our, when we are angry. Yeah, and, and STEM Nation, if you go back to Teresa Hutton's podcast, she talked about the same thing. Be deliberate with your words because your words can really hurt somebody. So if you don't count to 10 or to 11 before you speak, you don't know what, that, what impact that's going to have on somebody else's life. And Salam, what is a personal habit that contributes to your success? I would say there are two of them. Uh, one of them, um, I wake up early and I have my breakfast. Believe me, that's magic. <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast or the getting up early? Both, actually. Both. All right. And what's your favorite internet resource or phone app and why? Um, I can say um, I'm an, uh, that I'm an addict to uh, National Geographic. All right. And what is one book you recommend and why? Believe it or not, I grew up reading the dictionary. I know Google might, might look like a faster choice, but um, it won't stick. And Salam, as we wrap up here, can you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation? And then we'll say goodbye. I've had a good life, and uh, I actually uh, believed in one thing. I believe that wherever you go, uh, whatever you choose as a path for your career, I assure you that you will hit rock bottom sometime. Hitting rock bottom, it's not bad. That's okay. Uh, It reminds you that you should work harder and harder. The way I do it, I like to put my heart, mind, and soul into uh, even the smallest acts. If you if you ever go to the to if you ever started a career uh, in engineering or any uh, STEM field, um, I suggest that you feel you, you you learn that field good enough so you can have a small talk about what you do without feeling hesitant to say anything. Once you're able to to, to talk about what you do, that means that you succeeded and achieving what what, what you've been working on for all of your college time. All right, Salam, with that, we'll say goodbye. All right, goodbye. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Salam. Head on over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And again, if you are getting value from this podcast, please share it with a friend. Tune in next week where we talk with Christina, who is a civil engineer who works for Las Vegas and is the president of the Society of Civil Engineers. 
Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.